Well, we are going to continue our teaching. How many of you went, ran to the marathon? You, you. <laughs> Where's Andrew? Is Andrew here? Andrew Boba, is he here? Is, is he still running? And Angela what? Angela made it back, yeah? So how many, how many of you were out today um, speaking to people? Can you stand? I want you to, want to, can you stand? Those of you who were out today, <laughs> who were, come on, give them a hand. They were with a team from YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and they were out and uh, sharing the gospel, doing what we were all supposed to be doing. <laughs> Amen. Well, I have an excuse. I was preaching somewhere, so... I couldn't be there. <laughs> All right. We are going to continue our healing series. And uh, we are aware that today's service is a short, relatively short service. So um, I don't want to waste any more time. We're going to talk about healing. This is part six of our healing series. And today we are looking at the different levels of healing anointing. You should say healing anointing. No, no, no. It should say. I didn't say you should say. Goodness me. Is it that bad? It should say the different levels of healing, anointing in the church. It's not their mistake, it's mine. So we're going to look at that. I want us to read Mark chapter 16 from verses 15 to 20. Mark 16 verses 15 to 20. In fact, um, we will look at verse 15 to 18. We'll read the whole thing. It says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. I want us to pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for your word. And Father, again, we ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that as we share your word, faith will increase and that your Holy Spirit will do what he wants to do in us and through us. Amen. These verses that I read, some of it are so controversial that some versions actually take them out. Some versions do not include verses 17 and 18 because of how controversial they are. Because... When you look at what he is saying, he says that there are certain supernatural signs that follow or attest to people who are believers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The reality in the church at large today, including our church, is that most believers do not have supernatural signs that attest to their faith. Most believers are convinced that there are an elect among them, a select few who should have these signs. And I have discovered over the years that as we teach these simple truths to the ordinary rank and file believer and they believe it, they actually begin to see 
some of these signs following them. I want to find out how many of you have seen some of these signs follow you. How many of you? Can you wave and let me see? So that is not the majority of us. I remember there was one cell group um, uh, many years ago led by a relatively young believer. And they were going through some of our teachings and we taught this. And so afterwards, with all the issues that they were having in their life, they began to pray for the members in their cell. And to their amazement, they began to see people manifesting and demons coming out of people as they ministered to them. Now, they had issues. But they began to see these things happen through them. Because, you see, the word of God has power. Has power in itself. And when you allow the power that's in God's work to operate because you choose to believe it, you will see the results of the word of God. Now, last week, we, or we've been teaching about healing, and last week we talked about the healing ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. The fact that he had a healing ministry before he went on the cross. He had a healing ministry when he went on the cross and continues to have a healing ministry. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever he did in the days of old, he continues to do today. And we touch on the reality that our Lord Jesus' healing ministry is now being expressed through his church, through the body of Christ. In John chapter 20, verse 21, our Lord told the disciples, as the Father sent me, has sent me, so I also send you. And we know that the Father, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, anointed our Lord Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power, the Bible says, and he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So just like the Lord was going about healing all who was oppressed of the devil and doing good, even so, his body, which is the church today, is to continue his healing ministry. We are to continue the healing ministry of the risen Jesus Christ, if we are a part of his church. And I just want to emphasize this point. When we talk about a healing ministry, we are not talking about medical science. We're not talking about it. medical science is important. God has given us the knowledge and it is there. And healing ministry is not a substitute to medical science. I'm not a medical doctor. I have no intention of being one. I'm not clever enough. And that's the reality. So we're not talking about that. And it is important that we make that differentiation. Medical science has a place, but divine healing also has a place. And so whilst there are viable healing ministries through medical science in the church, this is not what we are referring to when we are talking about the healing ministry of believers. We're talking about the supernatural anointing of healing that the Holy Spirit administrates through the church. This healing ministry that has been given to the body of Christ, at times is confused by the fact that there are different levels of anointing. Say different levels of anointing. Now, every believer has the potential to have a healing ministry. But not every believer who will have a healing ministry will have the same level of anointing. And it's very, very important. And we're going to see through the scriptures 
how crucial it is to understand the difference. So, let's just quickly touch on some of these things. In Mark 16, um, verse 19 and 20, it says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. 20 says, And they went out everywhere. They went out and preached everywhere, sorry. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. You see, the healing ministry of believers, whatever level of anointing, is predicated on certain things. One, the fact that you have to be born again, of course. Secondly, your willingness to believe God's word and to obey God's word. And it is within the context of believers who are obeying the great commission as they go out and declare the gospel that the Bible says he confirmed the word of the accompanying signs. Why is this important? You see, the healing anointing is not given for show. This is not magic. It's not given, say, to necessarily prove that God is true. That's not the purpose. God does not need proving. The scripture says in uh, Psalm 19 that the heavens declares the glory of God. Look over here. Come on. We've all had children. Look over here. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky shows off his handwork. So creation testifies to the reality of God. So God doesn't need proving. And the Bible makes it clear that God bears witness in the hearts of humanity of his reality. Hallelujah. <laughs> I tell you, at that age, you know, they are very powerful. Yeah. We understand. We really understand. <laughs> let's, stay, let's stay focused. So, <laughs> our healing ministry, every one of us, is dependent on one, the call of God. Now, I've said that your, 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 your ability to believe God and your desire to obey the Great Commission is so important, but every one of us, say me, say me, me. there is a call of God on your life. You may not know what it is, but God has a call on your life as a believer and also as a unique individual. And the level of anointing that is expressed through you is... Is, is dependent on, and the kind of anointing is dependent on the call of God on your life and also your level of consecration to him. Now, this is important. As a younger believer, I remember that there were people who operated on a certain level of anointing that they don't do so anymore. It's not because the anointing has left them. It's just because they've allowed it to remain dormant because when God gives you a gift, he doesn't take it back. The gifts and callings of God are given without repentance. But it is predicated on your level to commit and consecrate yourself to him. And so as you consecrate yourself to him more and more, the anointing or the empowerment to do the supernatural has a greater release through you. And also, the kind of ministry and the people God sends you to determines the type of anointing that flows through you. Now, please do not think that standing behind the pulpit is what I'm talking about. Most of us are called to the marketplace. And in the marketplace, as in the world at large, God wants us to be shining lights that shows his healing anointing through our lives. 
Also, our dedication to him is reflected by our commitment to the Great Commission. Let me say it like this. At times, believers will say something like this. I am really committed to Jesus. I love Jesus. I am sold out for the Lord. But the way we can tell whether you are sold out is by your obedience to him. And to his commission. Say his commission. Not your own special assignment. His commission. And in Mark 16, we see one element of the great commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. This is to every believer. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20, we see the great commission fully expressed. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you, and I'm with you always. This is the great commission. And it was as these believers went out, say went out, and preached that or declared the gospel that Jesus has come, Jesus is alive, he's died for them. And as they were doing that, that is when the Lord was able to work with them and demonstrate his accompanying signs. So these are the different levels of anointing. One, the believer's healing anointing. Two, gifts of healings. Three, a healing ministry. Four, the healing ministry of church elders. And five, Healing ministry as a fivefold office. Now, the fourth one is what most Christians are used to, where the church elder, if we're sick, we call for the church elder, and he prays for us, and we're, we believe that something will happen, and sometimes something happens, and sometimes something doesn't happen. That's what most of us in like our kind of churches are used to. But the other three, or the, yeah, the other three, most believers are not really that familiar with. So let's look at the believer's healing ministry. This is your healing ministry, the one that every one of us, whether you're a pastor, whether you're an elder, whether you're an apostle, whether you are a new believer, this ministry you have. Let's look at it again. So Mark 16, 17 tells us one at the first aspect of the healing ministry of a believer, and that is the believer's ministry in spreading the gospel. 17 says, these signs will follow those who believe. Mark 16, 17. These signs, supernatural signs. Now, these signs, there are three dimensions to them. There is, in fact, there are, actually, there's four. There's casting out demons. He says, they shall cast out demons. Um, they shall speak in new tongues. And that is really our ability to pray in the spirit and deal with um, demonic forces and deal with the things of, um, that oppose us or that we need as we are propagating the gospel and advancing the kingdom. The, the, the need for you to pray with new tongues or speak in tongues is a very important dynamic if you are serious about operating in the, obeying the Great Commission. Now, some believers choose not to believe it, just like some believers choose not to cast out demons. But every believer, let me tell you, every one of you has the authority to cast out demons. And every one of you has the authority to speak with new tongues. He says they'll take up serpents. Now, what does that mean? Now, to understand, you have to look at Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And I, I think it's verse 17. I'm not sure. He says, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Now, he's not talking about walking around barefoot and looking for snakes to walk on or scorpions. He's talking about 
demonic spirits that have the characteristics of serpents and scorpions. So when he says here, they shall, they, um, they shall lay hands, they shall take up serpents, he's talking about being able to handle the demonic forces that come our way. Because in church history, there is no record in church history of any of the believers having rattlesnakes, like some churches do in America, where they hold it up. There's no record of it. But there's ample record where they spoke in tongues, where they cast out demons, where they lay hands on the sick, where they dealt with demonic forces. So there are three key elements when you are dealing with the believer's healing ministry in preaching the gospel. It is casting out demons, which is a healing ministry. It is laying hands on the sick. And it is exercising the name of Jesus. Now, you will find that when Peter in Acts chapter 3, was ministering, him, when him and John had ministered to the lame man, he said something. He said, it is faith in the name of Jesus that has made him whole. You have no idea what that name can do. It is faith in the name of Jesus. He said, why are you looking at us as if we are some amazing kind of people? He said, the God of our fathers glorified his son, Jesus, whom you crucified. And he said that it was faith in his name and believing in his name that has made this man well. And how did he make the man well? He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And when he exercised the name by faith, the power that's in the name released healing. So, the believer's ministry operates in these three ways. Casting out demons. Laying hands on the sick to recover and exercising the name of Jesus when faced with sicknesses. Secondly, the healing ministry of a believer is to fellow believers. Say fellow believers. In James chapter 5 verse 16, James is talking to believers and he says this, confess your trespasses to one another. This ain't the confessional box that the Roman um, church um, has. This ain't what that is. He says, confess your trespasses to one another, not to the pastor, to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. You see, now you have to choose who you confess to. Because if you confess it to a gossip, good luck. <laughs> so, you know, of course, you have to be wise in who you confess it to. But, and that word trespasses has to do with sins that you are aware of, that you did wrong. It's like, You've seen no, how many of you have seen no trespassing before? You've seen a sign, no trespassing. Have you, have you seen it yet? What does that mean? Don't come here. Yeah. So when it says confess your trespasses, it means confess the things that you did that you weren't supposed to do. How many of you have done something that you weren't supposed to do this month? I, well, if I was going to say this day. Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, fair enough. You were very keen. <laughs> but how this works... Now, this is important. How this works is within the context of where a believer has done something wrong and they realize that it has opened the door for something to come into their life. Now, you see, let me just pause here. Many believers are not aware of themselves. You know, you can't just be swearing and cussing and having sex outside of marriage and lying and cheating and expect there's no repercussions. You know, sometimes some believers, they can actually swear. They can, they can actually swear. Let's just put it like that. 
you know, they can, you know, sometimes I've had the thought go through my head, you know, the thought will go through my head, but to open my mouth and, and say the thing, hey! The Bible says, he that breaks the hedge, the serpent will bite. You see, so sometimes believers will do things that opens the door to the enemy in their life and they don't have an idea. So you are supposed to be aware when you've trespassed. And uh, sometimes telling God is not enough. God, you know, I did this thing. No, find somebody. Uh, I need to, um, by the way, if you are confessing, be very careful what you are, who you are confessing to. You can't find some sister, brother, and say, I want to confess sexual sin to a sister. I mean, that is nonsense. <laughs> that is not very wise. I, it's important we say these things. But somebody can use, the pastor said we should confess. Come on, let's confess. <laughs> no, 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 let's be clear. Let's be clear. I want to be very clear on these simple truths. I know some of you, it's like, what are you saying that for? Listen. Sometimes we have to deal with things. We, you know, we met and we decided we'll confess to each other and then you end up in all kinds of foolishness. So, <laughs> you know, Pastor Joe was teaching. You know, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, this is the believer's healing ministry. This is the context. It's so important that, one, it is as we're preaching the gospel, as we're sharing about Jesus, it's within that context that we face certain situations, we're able to address it, we're able to cast out demons, we're able to lay hands on the sick, we're able to exercise the name of Jesus as we are seeking to represent Jesus. And secondly, it's within the context of where a believer will say something to you, I've got this problem in my life, this is causing me this kind of situation, and you minister to them through the laying on of hands, and they are healed. Now, you see, this dynamic often does not happen. After they confess to each other, let's go to the pastor and let him pray for us. Now, there's nothing wrong in that, but that's not the Bible way. That's not the Bible way. And then we have the next level. So that's the most basic level. That applies to every believer. Then the next level of healing anointing is gifts of healings. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11, Paul the Apostle refers to what is referred to as the manifestations of the Spirit, but most people refer to them as gifts of the Spirit or spiritual gifts. That's a wrong title. It's actually manifestations of the Spirit because every grace in one sense is a gift of the Spirit. But manifestations of the Spirit is where the Holy Spirit himself expresses one of his characteristics. There are nine supernatural characteristics that he has. Wisdom, knowledge, um, faith, um, healings, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kind of tongues, interpretation of tongues. There are nine. And one of these is called healings, gifts of healings. It's a manifestation of the spirit. Now, later on, we're going to see another, the same thing, but it's a different context. And this one is where the Holy Spirit will anoint an individual to minister healing in a specific, um, in a, at a specific time to a specific audience, whether it's an individual or group. And in that instance, there will be the release of healing through that individual who is a carrier. Now, how I have seen this work with me is that at times as I am ministering, the Holy Spirit will begin to minister healing to people. Now, I'm not aware it's happening, 
But I know that he's using the words and he's ministering healing. Other times, it will happen as I pray on mass and I ask, Lord, will you minister healing? And then the Holy Spirit will be ministering healing. Other times, it will happen as people are exercising their faith. And because I'm a point of contact, he's ministering healing. Other times, it will happen through words of knowledge. So I will know by revelation that someone has something wrong here or someone has something wrong there. And as I operate, then the gifts of healing is released in that context. But the point is, is this, is that it is dependent on the Holy Spirit, not on my faith. The reason why this is crucial is that you cannot manufacture or whip up the gifts of healings from your own volition. He says in verse 11, but the one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. He gives it as he wills. So it is a divine intervention of the spirit of God to restore a sick person back to health. It is gifts of healings, plural. Why? Because there are a variety of ways in which the gift manifests and there are diversities in how it is administered and in how it functions. So sometimes, some people, um, the way the Holy Spirit will use them is that as they, uh, as before they preach, they will administrate healing. Others, as they're walking about, healing is taking place. Others, as, um, as they... As they um, after they finish ministering and they lay hands on the sick, he administers through them in that way. But it is always of his initiative. It is important. It is always of his initiative. And then the next level of healing is a healing ministry. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, he says, God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Now, again, when you read this, you think that the gifts of healings is the same as what is being mentioned earlier on in that chapter. No, the context is different. In 1 Corinthians, 7 to 11, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11, he refers to it as the manifestation of the Spirit, where the Spirit expresses as he wills. Here, he says, God has appointed in the church. These are what we call ministries that God places in the church. So a, a ministry of healing is where an individual is being used by the Lord on a regular basis and on a consistent basis to administer healing, usually in a specific area and in specific ways. And because over time they are used to be ministered to that way, but ministered through that way, people use them, please listen, Please stay focused. People use them as points of contact when they need healing. They know this is the go-to person. If I go to that person, they will minister to me and I will be blessed. That's a ministry. That's a ministry. Now, again, this is why some people, you can go to them and they, you will get ministered, not just healing, different areas. And other times, other people, it won't, it won't work that way. Because some people have been positioned in the church to minister to the church in unique ways. So you find that some people, their healing ministry operates when they're operating cancers and tumors and growths 
are ministered to. Others, you find that um, things say to do sight are ministered to. Others, you find it's to do with paralysis are ministered to. Others, you find it's to deal with incurable diseases or peculiar diseases. Others, you find it's all kinds of pains and swellings. It's dependent on the individual and the ministry that God has given to them. Now, when it comes to this level of anointing, you can desire to have a healing ministry, but you can't choose to say, I'm a healing minister. God has to set it. So you can desire it, you can pray for it, and sometimes you might want it for yourself and you pray, oh Lord, use me in healing, use me in healing, and he says, no, I will use that person instead. Ah, but that happens. I remember when I saw Prophet Daniel minister in the prophetic early days, I said, I want some of that. I want some of that. I want that. And I started asking, 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 asking. One day, I was taking one of my sons, my spiritual sons. We took them, some of my spiritual sons. We went to meet him, and he was ministering. And then he said, mm. looked at one of my sons. He said, come here. Now, this is a son that, by the grace of God, I had nurtured, and I was nurturing in the prophetic. And, you know, and told him he's a... God has called him in the prophetic and he's beginning to experience some anointing. And then Prophet Daniel says, come here. And then says, he takes his jacket off. I'm looking, what? I'm, I'm, I'm looking, what? I'm not sure if you were there. I'm thinking, what? I thought, nah, nah, that's not fair. And he says, this same anointing is yours. I'm like, ah! And I understood. You see, God said, I'm giving it to your son, not to you. I'm like, ah, nah! But from that day, that son of mine in the faith, he operates like Prophet Hano, calling people's names out, pointing them out, doing all kinds of amazing things that we can only watch and admire in Jesus' name. <laughs> but you see, I asked for the gift. He didn't give it to me. He gave it to the house by giving it to somebody else. So the point is, is that, now later on he also, uh, 15 years later, we also got the doves, but uh, it took quite a while. Uh -huh. But even, even now we have the doves, we are not seeing like our sons see. The point is, is that you can desire it, but it's up to God how he gives it. That's the point. And so he tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Desire, and it was in the context of 1 Corinthians 12, both the manifestations and also the ministries. In fact, in 1 Corinthians um, 12, uh, verse uh, 31, he says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly desire. So you can desire it, but it's up to God to give it. And I want to encourage you to desire it. Say, I desire it. Yeah, because that is a very important starting place. As we do these teachings, we're going to teach on how you Desire and how you pursue it. But desire is key. Desire is key. And then we have the next level is the healing ministry of church elders. James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. He says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins... He will be forgiven. Notice the correlation. You see, 
There is a strong, let me tell you this, there is a strong correlation for believers who at times appears like randomly they get afflicted in some ways. There's no such thing as random. You need to discern the correlation. Sometimes I'm minding my own business and I find certain things are happening and I have to pause and say, well, what's going on, Lord? Have, have I opened the door? And sometimes, in fact, most of the time is yes. The answer is yes, I opened the door without knowing it. Maybe I was gossiping. How many of you gossip sometimes? Hey! <laughs> gossip is sweet, you know. But that can open a door. We are holy people. We are supposed to live a certain way. Huh. Anyway. Now, notice here, he says, is anyone sick? Let them, him or her. By the way, if you think this only refers to men, then you're wrong. If, you see, at times people read, it says him, and then they say it's for men. You know, like when it says an, an overseer should be a husband of one wife, so they say it should only be men who should be overseers. Well, if we use your way of interpreting the Bible, then this is only for men, isn't it? Because that's nonsense. Anyway, it says, is anyone among you sick? Call for the elders. Now, listen, the way this dynamic works is this. You are the one who is sick. And it's not the elder who has a word of knowledge and finds you the sick person. No. You are the sick person who calls for the elders. Now, at times, people fall sick and they want the elders to discern they are sick. And then... To make the time to come and visit. I'm not going to ask anybody to come and visit me. If nobody comes and visits me, it means there's no love in the church. Hey! This is a kind of foolishness we indulge in. Now, I'm sick. I'm suffering. What do I do? I should call for the elders. Now, if you call for them and they didn't turn up, that's different. And sometimes they have called and sometimes we have not turned up. Now, that's a different issue. That's where the elders are in trouble. But call for the elders. Say to your neighbor, call for the elders. Now, when, you, when you've called for the elders, they better turn up. Hey, we need some more elders in this church. <laughs> Did he say call? Now, remember he said elders, not pastor. He said elders. <laughs> now, when the elders come, there is a way you're supposed to minister. They are supposed to anoint that person with oil. This is New Testament. Now, at times, again, there's a worship of oil. They, they anoint the oil. You know, they, they, they anoint the car with oil. They anoint the money with oil. They anoint all their clothes and spoil it with oil. No, no, it's just a sick person. That's all. Just a sick person. Not the roof, the wall. No, it's just a sick person. And then you pray the prayer of faith. You pray the prayer of faith. So the elder, hey, you pray the prayer of faith. So if you're an elder, you better know how to pray a prayer of faith. One day, there was a sick person I went to pray for. When I got there, and I saw the way the person was sick, I said, this one. But I felt in my spirit, when you pray, they will come back. As you pray and as you go, tell them it's going to be okay. They'll come, they'll, they'll rise up. Because they were in a comatose position, situation. And I was like, hey! I opened my mouth and said they'll come back and then they'll come back. False prophets. So you know what I did? It's very smart. 
I walked in. I pretended everything's okay. Everything's okay. <laughs> I prayed the prayer of faith. And I, said, and I said this, everything is well. Don't worry, everything will be okay. I didn't say they'll wake up by the time I get to the office, like I felt. I didn't say it. But by the time I got to the office, he woke up. I thought, you stupid boy, you stupid boy. You should have said it, then you'd have got more glory. <laughs> just be honest, and just be honest. And I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but the point is, you know, these things, they work in spite of us. That's the point. You have to understand, God's word is powerful. Say the word of God is powerful. Yeah. We are only human beings. I'm not going to try and pretend to you that any time I walk in, I'm full of faith and power. There are those moments. They happen once in a while. But a lot of times, I'm just like you. Just, I just have a good face. Don't worry. Everything will be okay. Amen. So next time I come to you, you have to look at me carefully. But you will not see. You say... So, Joe, everything is all, don't worry. But let me tell you something. Regardless of us, if you operate the word of God, you see the results. That's the point. And then finally, the healing ministry as a fivefold office. In Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, the Bible makes it clear that God has set, um, has set different offices, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers who equip the church to do works of service. Now, this is where an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher has a healing ministry that is, he's supposed to equip the body of Christ in. Now, that's their area of speciality. And what they do is they go around equipping the church in healing. That's what they do. That's all they focus on. And so you have ministries like LL Ministries, that's a healing ministry. That um, the apostle there, his name is Peter Horbin, and the team of elders there, they equip the body of Christ. They run all these courses to equip them in different kinds of healing. That is an example of a healing, a fivefold office equipping the church. So these are the different levels of anointing. I want to pray for you now. Very simple. If you are here, I want every head bowed and every eye closed. We continue to teach and lay in the foundation. If you are here and you have not given your life to Christ, you cannot partake of this healing anointing. But if you want to give your life to Christ, I want to pray for you. So if that's you, I want you to raise your hand where you are because I want to pray for you. If you want to surrender your life to Christ, before we go any further. Wonderful. I do not see anyone, so I'm going to quickly move on. I want to pray for every believer who is saying that from today, they embrace the healing anointing upon their life as believers. If that is you, why don't you stand, lift up your hands, and we're going to pray. And as you do this, I want you to just consecrate yourself to the Lord and say to him, Father, I consecrate myself to you, and I ask for that healing mantle. I choose to walk in that healing anointing. And as we do this, I want the minister to get the communion elements ready to come to the front, and we are going to also partake of communion as we do this. So, why don't we right now just consecrate ourselves to the Lord. Raise your hands and tell him, Lord, I make myself available to you. I say yes to that healing anointing upon my life. Just lift your hands and surrender to him. And Father, in the name of Jesus, as these precious men and women raise their hands to you, 
we ask that that mantle will also rest upon them. We speak grace to be effective from today. That faith will arise in each one that is standing. Lord, that as they obey you, signs and wonders will follow them. Lord, signs and wonders will follow them. I decree over you now, you will cast out demons. You will speak with new tongues. You will be able to handle serpents. If you drink anything deadly, and this deals with doctrine. If you look up the Greek words, they deal with doctrine. Supernatural protection from poisonous doctrine. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Lord, I decree it over these that are standing and over those that are listening right now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may take your seats. We're going to partake of communion. Please remain standing here. Sorry, um, Ange. Ange, sorry, we're going to pray. Sorry, sis.